Hey, everybody, this is not your typical episode that was scheduled beforehand, but uh, as you may or may not know, if you follow me on social media, you definitely know my niece was reported missing uh, just a few days ago, and we found her. Thank God and thanks so many of you for that effort. I'll talk more about that. But it was definitely a unbelievably scary situation because as the days went on, and I believe it was four days, we realized that this was a trafficking situation and something that so many people hope or think it'll never happen to them. But I just, and that is my goal, I just want to let everybody know it is all around you, your daughters, your granddaughters, your nieces, they are all vulnerable to this. And especially with access to their phones and social media, and I will talk more about that a little bit later, they're all equally just as prone to finding themselves in these scary, unthinkable, unbearable situations. So I want to share our story. I've had so many people reaching out, asking for details out of care and concern, immediate friends, family, um, and just an overflow of support from everyone, friends, family, and people we've never met. Uh, But this is real. And I have to share um, as much of our story as possible. Uh, But I obviously am not going to share everything out of the respect and protection of my niece and um, any minors. But my page is public. So if you I am leaving certain things up because the predator is still free. um, But that is being pursued with every effort possible. So that's happening right now. A few days ago, uh, my niece ran away. Not too out of the ordinary, right? For teenage girls, um, have a little bit of rebellion sometimes and then meet the wrong friends, wrong influences and get pressured to do certain things. Well, I'm going to take it back to the initial meeting of uh, my niece and this girl. Uh, she They met through a friend at a mall in uh, Foster City, I think Hills, Hillsdale area. I think it's called Hillsdale Mall, actually. And uh, it was really quickly clear to my sister that this was not a girl she wanted her daughter to be hanging out with. Um, she had found out and learned through another family member that this new girl um, was doing all kinds of inappropriate things online with adult men. And mind you, these are 13 and 14 year old girls that we're talking about. So as soon as my sister got wind of that, like any good mom, she wasn't having it. So anytime her daughter asked to hang out or go meet up with her, it was a quick no. Well, apparently the communication never stopped. They, the girls did not live in the same city. They were probably about 15, 20 minutes apart where they lived and went to school but they managed to stay in contact. And we're still learning so much about their relationship, the extent of it, um, the details of it. And we may never know all of it, but that's not important. The main purpose for me sharing any of this today is because, again, it could happen to anybody. And again, this guy is still free and I want as much pressure and eyes on him as possible until he is behind bars because he does not belong um, free or on the streets at all or near any young girls. Okay. So this is what happened. My niece ran away. And the first day that my sister realizes she left, she is beside herself. And she's just like, 
oh, this little brat, you know, type of thing. I've had my oldest daughter go through that stage too, where you're just like, you want to wring their neck, right? Because my sister's a single mom. It's already challenging just being a single mom, trying to do everything on your own. And when I say everything, my sister does everything on her own. We don't have any family that lives in the same city as her. And so she doesn't get any support. Thank God she has an older daughter, uh, my niece, who is always, always there to pitch in when she can. But of course, she has her own life and um, family. So it's hard. Well, so my sister is just upset, just like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this little girl. What am I going to do? But there's no real panic yet. Fast forward. She, of course, she makes a police report right away. Um, day two, she has, um, an idea. She knows where this girl, this, and I'm going to keep referencing to this girl as the girl, the friend, the bad friend, I don't know, might be switching up how I refer to her, but my sister knows the complex that she lives in. She doesn't know exactly which unit, but she knows where she goes there and a source gives her the address. Um, they may, maybe they shouldn't have, um, legally given her that but they knew she was a mom on a mission right so she gets the address and she calls the cops and has them go search for her daughter in the unit but without a search search warrant they're limited in what they can do um there is a disabled mother air quotes because i don't believe that this is the mother at all uh she's in a wheelchair she is apparently medicated so heavily throughout the nights that she doesn't hear anything. So my sister shows up, the cops get permission to go inside and search. They don't find my, my niece and they are told don't go into a, well, the dad air quotes again, the dad says, Oh, don't go into my wife's room. She's sleeping and she's really sick. So without the search warrant, they, um, they respect that and they search everywhere else. Just general search. They're not turning beds up and moving cabinets out of the way. They tell my sister she's not in there. We couldn't find her. We have a hunch that she's probably in there, but because of our limitations, there's only so much we can do. Well, later on that night, my sister's, uh, you know, mom's always know, right? She knew. She knew my, my her niece was, or sorry, her daughter was there. Later on that night, my older niece shows up at, because now we know where she lives, shows up and is banging on the door and she hears some voices inside and before long, the girl comes to the door, but ne never opens it. And they're having a conversation through the door. My niece is just demanding to know where her, her little sister is. And long story short, the little girl, the girl's just getting brazen from the other side of the door saying, she's not here and I'm going to call the cops and just getting really bold with my, my niece. And no adult ever comes to the door. Well, my niece was not just going to give up and leave. So she stuck around for a while, returns again, bangs on the door. Nobody again, no adult comes to the door. It's just the girl returning and saying kind of the same thing. So the following day, uh, my niece returns or she finds where the father is and she, this is all through, you know, just different sources, different information coming to her, goes and has a conversation with him and he tells this whole elaborate story. Um, his wife's disabled, 
Uh, they come from wherever they come from, Brazil. He doesn't speak English. His daughter has had a lot of trauma. Um, she, yes, he knows she goes out and she smokes and she drinks. And uh, But he, you know, he has to work so hard to provide for his family. And he can hardly ever be home and he can't control every single thing she does. And, you know, she's home every night and that's his main concern. 13 years old. Okay. So... This gets reported back to my sister and red flags everywhere, everywhere. So my sister is, you know, returning back to the place, just determined and having that gut instinct that her daughter is there. She she knows that. She just knew that. But also, if she wasn't there, that that other girl, the friend, knew where my niece was. So she gets um, information that my niece is in the complex, calls the police and reports it. And they show up, but they didn't just show up like a standard response. They showed up full SWAT, undercover, full team. I mean, they went in heavy. That's not normal. So there, this house and this family already has heat. There's already eyes on them. There's already suspicion. There's already an open investigation on this family, this man, whoever. My sister, and I'm, I'm probably going to jumble some, some timing around or some details around, but it's all part of the story. And I'm telling it just off the off the tip of my head. Uh, so many red flags. I want to share those with you. The mom and the dad, they don't physically match at all. Age, appearance, anything. This man claims that he works so much to provide for his family, uh, but he's driving a Ferrari, which if you're really struggling to make ends meet, you don't drive a Ferrari. Uh, This mother has pretty much no involvement with the daughter because she has a caretaker and she's in a wheelchair and she's heavily medicated throughout the nights and that's when the daughter's always out doing god you know just horrible things and and there were some other things i'm probably just leaving out a few details right now but they come in and again they don't find my niece but my sister is like i'm not leaving and this was the worst day out of the the few days that my niece was gone because this was when everything starts clicking we're looking at this girl's social media we're realizing that she's involved in sex acts for money. She's flashing wads and wads of money. She has a handle on her social media that totally implies what she does. Um, she has zero supervision. The parents don't match at all. The story does not add up. Like nothing's making sense. So my sister's there out in front of the house. And even after the cops left, my sister refused because she's like, I'm not, I'm, I, I know that they're going to return. The girls weren't there um, when the cops went in and, and did a full look around. They weren't there. I know they're going to return. I'm not leaving. So we're on the phone all night long while she's in front of the complex. And she goes, it's crazy because this man is so paranoid. He's looping around in the, in the parking lot. And she's by herself. He's looping around. He's just like on edge because that full team that came in and and checked out the house, that really freaked him out. 
where he's making loops. He at one point asked her, you have a problem? And then she like snapped right back at him. Yes, I do. Like I'm, I'm waiting for my daughter. I'm here for my daughter. And he revs his engine. He's trying to intimidate her, but he leaves. And throughout the night, and she was there from like, I don't know, maybe close to 9, 9.30 p.m. to 5 in the morning. He comes back a couple of times, um, like early in the morning, and just parks his car for a few moments, and then he leaves again. So he never really even comes home. And the crazy thing is, he has the front of his apartment complex. It's like a full view of the inside of his house. You can see everything, his kitchen, his family room. He has his curtains completely open. You can see everything. So she gets out of the car and takes a picture of the inside of his home. And he's basically, we've, we realize, he's just trying to prove a point that nobody's here. I'm not hiding anybody. She takes a picture. She shows it to me. And I'm like zooming in. And I notice there's a camera above the microwave, kind of in a weird spot. I don't think it's out of the ordinary to have a camera in your house these days. But just the, the placement of it was weird to me because I felt like you can see everything going on inside the house and also in the parking lot because they had full view of the outside. So I'm like, that's another red flag to me. And so she's there. She never sees anything. She eventually goes home in the morning. And then we start getting just different information about their real names because we're just trying to find out anything and everything about him and this this whole family, right? Every person in that, that house. Well, the posts that we shared on social media, they go viral. Everybody, I mean, thousands of people sharing the flyer for finding my niece. And that's a whole nother story, but we're just like blown away. It's everywhere. It even got um, shared by, there's a, I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it's a, a podcast or I don't know, it's ESSJ. And they were like offering, um, well, they were sharing the details about my niece being missing. And we had at that point, this man's car and license plate. And so we put that, I put that on my pages and this guy's offering like, what was it? Um, Bud? At first I thought it was like Bud, the, the beer, but then it was like Bud, like weed. And I'm like, oh man, that's kind of ghetto, but can't beat him, join him, right? I'm like, shoot, I'll match that. I'll throw in a 40 ounce of Mickey's for old time's sake. Shoot, whatever it takes to, to find my baby and bring her home, right? So that happened and it reached a lot of people. And the heat is on, like the pressure is on. And everybody, I mean, it was crazy blowing up her social media, like asking, where is Kylie? Where is Kylie? It's all over her page. And then I start having people, both kids and parents, private message me about how horrible this girl is and how dangerous she is and how bad of an influence she is and how the school hut that she goes to hasn't done much in the past and reports have been made and like nothing's ever done. And I'm just like seeing all these signs of like things not adding up with their whole family. Nothing makes sense. So I want to fast forward. Um, The day I feel like the day that social media just went crazy with sharing her story and her her um, flyer. I was at my son's soccer game that morning. And of course, you know, from the day before, my stomach was just in complete knots. Um, You know, I wanted, I forgot to share that 
this is every parent's worst nightmare, right? And nobody cares or loves harder than a mom. And my sister was on a mission. And for the first day, maybe even two days, she didn't let panic set in because she, for her own sanity and peace and strength, she had to tell herself that Kylie was fine. She was going to find her. And that's that. Like, there's no, there's no other option, right? But on that third day, she, when she was staking out this man's house, it started to get really dark. And it was scary. It was scary for me on the other end, hearing her break down the way she broke down and being really helpless because of the physical distance um, between us in that moment. Uh, but any mom could you could only imagine, right? Being in that situation, starting to think the worst and just the things she started saying were really scaring me. And um, just, I all I could do was pray. And I'm so grateful for every single person who prayed because I believe with all my heart in the power of prayer. And I believe that the reason we have Kylie right now is because of prayer and, and actions. Um, most of all my sister's actions. But of course, my niece um, did so much and I just, and so many of you. Anyways, that was dark. That was scary. Uh, Where was I? Okay, so a tip comes in. I'm at my son's soccer game. A tip comes in um, to my niece that they think they see her right now at outside of a store in Foster City. Well, my niece doesn't live in Foster City. My sister lives closest to that area. So she calls her immediately and my sister races there gets pulled over like three times on the way but they all quickly realize what's happening and just send her off she finds her daughter at a bus stop and again I can't share everything but um we don't know where she was going still um but I will tell you this man and his daughter they were housing my niece the entire time Um, when the cops were in there, she was in the mom's room. Um, they were also hiding in another unit. And you know, the scary part about all of these trafficking situations is it's never, ever, ever just one person. It's a whole network. And I believe with all my heart that this girl, this young girl is definitely part of the network. I don't know all the details. I know enough to be convinced that she is a recruiter. Uh, she finds girls like her. Um, my Again, my sister is a single mom. We don't have family who lives in town. And I don't know how much of that information about my niece's, you know, family life, personal life was revealed, but I feel like there are certain girls who are more prone than others, more targeted because of things like that. Um, But really like anything can be further from the truth as we see the outpour and support from family. Like we do have a huge family. We're just all completely spread apart. Um, And we have a lot of good friends and just know a lot of good hearted people. And I want to allow the police to do what they are going to do with all of this because this has all been handed over to them. But I will tell you that my niece was in their care, for lack of a better word, 
she was um, with them, just like my sister knew she was the entire time. And there's no doubt in my mind that had maybe a, a few more days gone by, we would not know where in the world my niece was because of the things that were said um, and how how things kind of transpired in my niece's first few days. Um, I, it was a, a 100% a grooming situation where trust is built um, and loyalty is established. And I'm just so thankful that my niece is home. She's safe. Um, well, she's not home home, but they're keeping her somewhere safe. And um, just so grateful because it could have been a completely different outcome, right? And God, you think about all the all the girls, all the victims out there right now who don't have a voice, who don't have the family support, who don't have the people looking for them. But awareness is key. It can happen to anybody. And I mentioned earlier at the beginning with cell phones, like these kids have no business having any social media. It is the worst thing. I would say, I mean, this is just my personal opinion and advising and, and knowing what I do know now um, about the danger of social media is I would not allow my kid to have one before 13. I really wouldn't. And if you do, you're exposing them to so much. It's not good. I know it's hard to have your kid feel like they're the only ones who don't have or left, but they'll get over it. They will adjust. And social media, even for 13 and above, is so unhealthy. These girls' minds are being so warped um, from what they see and compare their lives to and get, end up getting caught up in. It's just, it's so much more bad than good that it doesn't make any sense. And it's so sad and so frustrating. Um, and it's, you know, for, for different reasons, uh, so, so hard for parents to just not give in, but I, that's my hope is that more parents will start to say, you know what, like screw this books, activities, sports, family time, get outside, like just back to, back to the old ways in a lot of, as much as possible. But you know, it takes, it takes that one bold parent, um, to take the step and people will follow. They always do. As soon as one or two, then the third one. You know, people start to see it's really not that important. It's not life or death to not have a phone, to not have access to social media, or to just have stricter limits. Like, you know, my son does, does not ever go to sleep with his phone. There's no reason for him to. There's no reason for kids to have phones throughout the night. And I would even say, like, you know, for kids who have cell phones, okay, fine. Give them a time limit. Give them two hours a day. They do not need more than that. They really don't. There is nothing good on social media. And it's, like I said, it's just so dangerous. It has been for my family. So I bet you I'm leaving out a bunch of stuff, but I wanted to share the story because it hit my family and I can't believe it. And so... Uh, if it hit my family, it could hit yours too. Talk to your kids. Uh, make sure they're aware of the dangers out there. And, you know, the girl, this girl who I'm calling a recruiter, she has a certain look. Young girls are so impressed by that. They're so attracted to that. Like they want to be like uh, girls that they see looking a certain way. And you have no idea how easy it is for girls like her um, to, reel, to reel other girls in especially when they have certain circumstances. But that's it. Um, 
we're taking action. And when I say we, it's mostly my sister and my niece and her wife. And um, yeah, we're just so thankful again. So um, thank you. I know that so many of you shared and posted and reached out and messaged and prayed and glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But also thank you to so many of you. And uh, you know, we all have, a, we all have a role to play. So I love you guys. And I thank you for hearing this story, listening and just, um, love your babies and, and sometimes discipline and, um, hard things that are hard to do. That is, that is a form of love. That is love itself. Okay. Well, you guys take care, be well, and I will see you again next time.